This is Alex. And this is Mason. And this is The Overcompetitive Bystanders. And this is our show where we share our strong opinions about things we don't know anything about. One of us favors college, one of us favors NFL. Let's see how this goes. So this week, we have four nominees for Poo Poo Team of the Week and an honorable mention. Okay. Uh, I'm going to talk about the honorable mention first. The honorable mention is Oregon State. Um, So they got murdered by Utah like 52 to 7. Yep. Might have been 53 to 7, but I'm pretty sure it was 52. Um, And that touchdown that they got was like late in the game, garbage time, nothing. Um, And it's not that loss that's why they're nominated for Poo Poo Team of the Week. The reason that they're nominated is because they didn't tweet throughout the entire game they didn't have any updates they didn't have a (laughs) let's do this like anything they didn't have like a halftime any like a lot of times teams will kind of play it you know oh yeah even when the rams were getting smashed this week they they had hey this is the score at halftime you know same thing as like the bucks like they're at least like updating the game like and they got another pick and ran it up, and now it's fifty-five to zero, or you know what the yeah. actual score was, but felt like fifty-five to zero. Yep. So I I just looked it up. So all they did was just before the game, a little bit before, they tweeted squad and then a fire <laughs> emoji, and it's like a picture of their team like huddled up, like about to get going, and that is all that they tweeted until the next day they tweeted happy birthday to one of their players. Apparently that fire went out pretty quick. Yep. That was pretty short. Um, So yeah, that was pretty ugly. They don't even have like anything to signify that there was a game that day. (laughs) Right. It seems like they were a bye week. Yeah. It's like, oh no, we had a bye. Don't, don't look at your schedule. Don't, just don't, don't check it. Just don't check the score. We didn't play. That didn't. So that, so that's the honorable mention. I mean, if something Uh, isn't tweeted about, did it really happen? It's true. That is true. Yeah. Um, so the four nominees that we have, um, there are a couple of these that I actually had Twitter polls from from our listeners to decide if they should be nominees or not because okay. um, I didn't want to show any personal bias or anything. I wanted it to be honest. Um, so our nominees are number one, Vanderbilt, number two, BYU, mm-hmm. number three, Georgia, and number Absolutely. four, Mississippi State. Definitely. Um, so just to run through real quick, what happened to each of these teams? Um, so Vanderbilt is an SEC team, and they had a home game, their gimme game, against UNLV, who is a very bad Mountain West team. Um, we talked about it last week. Could be the worst team in the Mountain West. Right. It's, it's between UNLV and New Mexico. Um, well, right now I'm thinking it's New Mexico because UNLV beat Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt 34 to 10. Jesus. Like hey, not it wasn't even like even, inching it out. Yeah, like, it wasn't even like a close game. Murder. They they murdered him. Yeah. Jeez, that's bad. Absolutely hideous. Um, so real bad by Vanderbilt. Real, right. real bad there. Um, there, I've, I've talked to a couple like SEC fans there are a lot of SEC fans that feel like they need to kick Vanderbilt out because they don't really contribute anything football or basketball-wise. Um, 
really what they do is they raise the academic val- validity of the SEC. Right. We all know most SEC fans don't care about academic yeah. validity. No, that's not. It's not something that's touted about about the SEC is their academic ability. Yeah. They aren't talking about their mathalon wins. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they would have already taken in Georgia Tech and uh, Duke and. You know, there's a couple other good schools down that way, but no, yeah. they're not really that interested. Mm. Vanderbilt is there because they've always been there, and they never got a chance. No one ever got a chance to kick them out. So, no. real bad, real, real bad. Yeah, um, I honestly think the SEC should think about dropping some of their bottom teams and picking somebody else up if they want. Oh yeah, I even think if they just drop because they have 14 teams in the conference, right? If they true. just drop like Vanderbilt. And I, I change my mind all the time. South Carolina is the other one that I think about sometimes as being the one that they should drop. But I'm not set on that one. Okay. Um, so just drop and be a 12-team conference? Yeah, drop to 12. Because then you can you can play teams more regularly. Right. Like, for example, Texas A&M has been in the SEC since 2011. Uh-huh. They have never played Georgia. Really? Yep. That's a shame. Yep, they will this year. This is when they schedule when right. they haven't scheduled because it's an eight year rotation for some of the teams. Um, okay. But it's really weird because they have seven teams in each conference or in each division. Right. So you have six divisional games that are set, and then you have two cross divisional games. But because when they bumped up to fourteen, they kind of mess with the divisions and they mess with some stuff. And so some of the classic rivalries got messed up. Right. And so what they did is they decided every year you have a rival that is guaranteed. You have a cross-divisional rival that you will play every year. So you you really only play one other cross-divisional team every yes. year. Yes. And there's six teams in each to there's seven teams in each division. Right, so there's so... six teams that you're rotating over that course of time. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah, real dumb. Real, real dumb. Um, and the biggest thing is that some of the teams don't really have a rival. Right. Like, for example, Texas A&M doesn't really care about anybody in on the other side. Yeah, Texas is their biggest rival. Yeah. And so South Carolina is their cross-divisional rival. <laughs> All right. Because no one cares about South Carolina either. So uh, I think Georgia cares about South Carolina weird. right now. Oh, they do. We'll talk about that. Right. But... <laughs> Yeah, so it makes for like a weird scenario that really sucks. Um, but yeah, so that's why I think dropping two teams like Vandy and maybe South Carolina really wouldn't. It would be really good for the conference too. Yeah. So because they're so top heavy, kind of try and balance it a little bit by cutting off the yep. slack. Cut off the slack a little bit. Yep. So that's what I think. So the number two nominee is BYU. Um, they lost to South Florida. Uh, 27 to 23 they went into this game favored by four i was actually surprised by that line because i thought byu'd be favored by a lot more right. uh, south florida has looked really bad all year yeah uh, and while byu hasn't looked great i i really looked at it as the point of well utah's good they lost to them they beat a bad tennessee team that was a good upset against um USC. USC. Yeah. They got murdered by Washington, but I mean that's they should have. That's okay. And then they lost a close one to Toledo, and I thought that was more due to the fact that Toledo was good. 
Right. Well, with this loss to South Florida, it really changes things. That's ugly. That's a real ugly one. That's, That's not even loss. like debatable. That's yeah. a bad one. Absolutely. Um, so now like a lot of fans want BYU's head coach fired, whether it's at this point in the season or at the end of the season. Um, because realistically they're not going to make a bowl game. Uh, they have, so they're two and four right now and they still have Boise state, uh, Utah state are the next two games. Right. And then they still have San Diego state on the schedule. Um, and that's three games that they're probably not going to win. Uh, their other three are like Liberty, UMass and, uh, and Idaho state. It's yeah. some FCS. Yeah. Team. It's Idaho state. Just three yeah. garbage bottom of the tier teams. Yeah. And so. It's the whole idea of like they'll probably win three, lose three. Yeah. Um, I don't see Liberty as like a guaranteed win. I see it <laughs> as a probable win after this loss. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. And so, I guess it depends if Wilson's back by then. Yeah, that it is true. And it was funny to see how like some fans, because um, they had Hall start, right? Who is the first black quarterback to start in BYU history? Um, yeah, imagine that in 2019. In 2019, yep. Um, but uh, it was really funny because there's so many fans that are like, "Oh yeah, Hall's just as good a Wils- as Wilson. Well, Hall's better than Wilson." Um, which, yeah, you can go ahead and and throw that around, but it's it's a broken record in Provo right now that the backup is always better than the starter, um, and the backup always ends up starting halfway through the season because they run through a gauntlet so hard that their whole offensive line dies and then their quarterback can't stay healthy. It's just murdered. Yeah. So it makes it really tough. See, but this is why I hate BYU fans. So like game one, (laughs) they get murdered by Utah. So Taki is on the hot seat. So Taki needs to get fired. So Taki is Yep. They upset USC. Oh my God. So Taki is one of the best coaches of all time. How did we land Taki? He's so great. The whole extend his contract. Yeah, extend yep. his contract. He's he's so great. And then all of a sudden, you lose to Toledo and USF. He's so garbage. Get rid of him. We don't want him. Bench yep. Wilson. He's garbage. We don't want him. I mean, he did get injured, but he did get was- injured. But there's a lot that think that even when he comes back, um, Hall has been good enough to take the starting spot from Wilson. Whatever. Dude. In his three quarters of play, where he threw for 150 yards <laughs> and one touchdown. See, here's the thing. I just don't think they look at the game. I think they just look at this. The this. I don't even know if they check the stats because the stats aren't great for Hall either. Like, no. I just think they 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 just think okay. Well, we were losing with Wilson, and then then this is just a coaching issue, and he's he's a new player. But Hall must be better than Wilson. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you watch that game and think he's clearly better than Wilson. Yep. But I, I don't. I don't know, man. I agree. I agree. But yeah, so BYU is a candidate for Poo Poo Team of the Week, which is great because, you know, that's where the segment came from, was BYU being Poo Poo. So it's great to have them back in the nominees. Welcome back, boys. (laughs) Hope to see Uh, you again. So number three is Georgia, who was the number three team in the country and lost at home in double overtime on a field goal that was basically a chip shot to South Carolina and then they went and whined about how the South Carolina players uh, hurt their bushes that they had in the (laughs) stadium. Some about how they have like hedges around the stadium and like the South Carolina players were like pulling them apart, 
which I guess is tradition. Like somebody, there was somebody who's a Georgia Tech fan who said that that was tradition at Georgia Tech that every time they beat Georgia, they like take part of the bushes with them. Um, and so that's what South Carolina did, and Georgia threw a fit. (laughs) This is Georgia's first home loss since like 2016, right, or something like that. Something crazy. Yep. So they probably just forgot what that when they lose, people can make fun of them. And I don't know. I don't really care about people picking stuff off the bushes. I think that's a little lame, but also if that's tradition, that's tradition and let them do it. And tradition is you don't want them to do it. Don't lose. You don't mess with tradition. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's great to note that South Carolina missed a chip shot at the end of regulation. That should have just put this game should never gone to overtime. Like this game should have been over at the end of regulation with a chip shot, but they miss. Mm-hmm. And then they go to second overtime, and Georgia gets a gimme field goal, and they miss. And they missed it. Yep, Rodrigo Blankenship missed it. Who is one one of my favorite names in college football? That and is an two, amazing name. One of the best like looks because he wears like these thick rimmed glasses. Oh yeah. Um, as he kicks, and so it's just a great look. Oh yeah, um, and I like him. He's a good. He seems like he's a good guy. So yeah, he does. He seems pretty. Good. Sucks that he was the one who caught the caught the brunt of this, but somebody has to. So I just wanted Georgia to lose. So Georgia's yeah. lost. Auburn's lost. Now we're down to LSU and uh, Alabama that are probably in the in the playoffs because I don't I don't I don't see all two teams getting in anymore. Or maybe Alabama and LSU get in. But I don't see. I definitely don't see three teams. There was a, I mean, oh. so let's say Georgia goes undefeated from here, wins the conference, they'd be in. And yeah, then if they, that's Bama's that's only loss, they probably still make it. That's true. If Alabama is still ranked one or two, and then lose to Georgia in the conference championship, yeah, and probably get some both in. Yeah, but I mean, this with is an what ugly we saw loss, from Georgia. Though. It wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah, like. And the committee has shown that they don't always forget these losses. Like, this is what – it's these type of losses that have held Ohio State out the past two years. Right. Where like they just lost one bad game, middle of the season, but that's was enough Purdue to, last year? Uh, yeah, it was Purdue and Iowa have been okay. the two that it's been. Yeah, like, it's one thing to lose to a good team, like, in mm-hmm. a close game, but to lose to – South Carolina, who we're talking about as bottom of SEC, like, yep, yep. It's bad, dude. Not good. So that makes it makes it real rough. Mm-hmm. Um, the final nominee is Mississippi State, um, and they are nominated because they lost to Tennessee, <laughs> who is pretty poo poo, and we thought they might go one in eleven on the season. Yeah. Um, that one was – it's not the strongest candidate, um, but it is pretty sad to lose to Tennessee. You at so, least have to be nominated to lose to such yeah. a crappy team. Like, Yeah, if you get if, – if it's a team that has one win on the season and it's week seven and they beat you, yeah, you're getting nominated. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's real rough. So we ran a Twitter poll and we got 35 votes on it. And it was actually pretty close. But Vanderbilt won, and I agree. I think Vanderbilt is the poo-poo team of the week. Losing yeah. the UNLV in that way, in that way is really bad, really embarrassing. Yeah, to get smoked by a 
potentially the worst team in the Mountain West Conference. Yeah. That's, that's ugly. That's ugly. That's that's yeah. a bad look. You you might just your your fans should probably just wear paper bags to the next game. Like it's just yeah. bad. So so congrats to Vanderbilt. You are the poo poo team of the week this week. Um so the we next need, thing I we want need to... to make like a graphic that we put up on our Twitter. Oh yeah, every that'd be week. a good idea. I'll, I'll work on something tomorrow. Okay. See if something, I can get something, something up with for Thursday. A, yeah, I think that's that's a real good idea. And that could be like yeah. No, I like that a lot. I'll work on it. I'll see what I can do. I'm not okay. I'm not too talented in that area, but I can no, definitely make it work. Okay, that's good. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be poo poo. Okay. So I'll, I'll, um, I'll see what I can do. Okay. So the next one that I want to talk about was Clemson. Um so Clemson beat, uh, yeah, it was Florida State. So there were a couple people that I saw online, and the main reason I'm talking about this is because I feel like it happens every year, where, um, so Clemson rushed the field after beating a three and three, Florida State, right. and people were going crazy about it, about how stupid it was that they were doing that. Right. Well, the thing is, so Clemson every single game rushes the field. And then sings their alma mater at the at the paw. That is tradition. They do it every single game, but every single year, people throw a fit about how oh Clemson's rushing the field against a bad Louisville team. Oh Clemson's rushing the field against an FCS team. No, they aren't. They're just rushing the field because they're going to sing the alma mater. It's not some victory rush the field it's tradition you don't mess with tradition exactly and so i just wasn't sure if you'd heard that that tradition before uh i wasn't i i hadn't until i saw you tweet about it yeah and so it's it's kind of the thing of like normally no one cares right it's just it's every just... once in a while there's somebody who does it and my favorite thing was yeah because i tweeted about it because there's some guy that was being dumb mm-hmm. and was like oh they're so stupid and I was like, it's a tradition. Like, it's what they do. And the guy goes, yeah, but that makes it so much worse. And I was like, how does how? that make that worse? How? how is it worse? How? You're an idiot, yeah. dude. Like, idiot. I get the idea. Like, if he was to be like, no, that's still – it still is dumb. Like, that's that's one thing. But to be like, the fact that it's tradition makes it worse, so stupid. Yes. So stupid. You're not wrong. So, dude. That's that's just dumb. You're an idiot, yeah, dude. Yeah, so that's pretty bad. Um, and then I wanted to talk about another tradition that is in all of college football, and it generally happens about once or twice a year, um, and it is the stupidest tradition in college football, and it is a running back or wide receiver, or sometimes it's a defensive player, that drops the ball right before they cross the goal line for a touchdown. Every year. So this year, um, it was a New Mexico State running back in the first quarter. He had a 56-yard touchdown, was running into the end zone untouched, and then just dropped it on the two-yard line as he ran in. So I I watched this video. Did did the defense ever, like, touch or grab the ball, or did did it just end? I think it just ended. Like, I, so what at happens? that point, they just call it a dead ball. It's so since a the defense never recovered it, it's a dead ball at the two. Yeah. As a defender, you gotta feel like an idiot. You're like, 
Oh, I could have had a. I could have take, taken the touchback. Yeah. Or maybe. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I just think of like the Utah wide receiver that did uh, it a yeah. couple of years ago that the Oregon players then ran it back for a touchdown. And like ESPN had no idea what was happening. I always think of Deshaun Jackson as his first game uh, for the Eagles, I think it was. Maybe it was oh, the yeah. Redskins, but I think it was when he was on the Eagles, his first game. Like, he has this great touchdown. He's running and he drops it beforehand. It's like, yep. uh, you idiot. I just don't understand. Like, I don't understand how that's even a thing. Like, why? Why would you even consider that? Yeah. Like, coaches, just don't let your players throw the ball behind them. Like, people suggest, well, you should make your players give the ball to the ref. No. Like, let's not go that far. You can celebrate with a ball or whatever. Mm-hmm. But throw the ball forward if you're going to throw it anyways. Or at least run through the end zone and then drop it when you're going like into the end of the field of play, throw it to the fans, something spike the ball, anything. Don't drop it behind you. Yep. Freaking idiots. Yep. So it's pretty terrible. (sighs) Um, so that is a tradition that I'd be okay getting rid of because it's so ridiculously stupid. So, um, but all right, so I'm going to review a couple of games real quick, um, that happened this past week. And just some quick thoughts on them. So Boise State beat Hawaii 59-37. to 37. Mm. Um, Hank Bachmeyer got hurt in the first half. Um, it looked like a really bad injury. It looked oh. like it was like internal oh. on it. Because he got hit on like the hip. Oh, yeah, he yeah. He got hit on like the left hip and he was like grabbing his right hip or something like that. Um, and then like when he tried to stand up, he like fell over. And then they took him to the sideline. He tried to get off the bench. He fell over. Oh, man. Um, it was really bad. So, But apparently it was just that it was a hip pointer is what Boise State said. And they said later, like uh, Harson said later that um, he could have come back in in the second half. But because they were doing fine without him, they didn't want to worry. They didn't want to stress it. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, so it's fine. There's no reason to to put him back in if you're already winning and probably going to win the game. Yeah, already like, doing fine. But yeah, because that was a big thing. So even with Bachmeyer out, Boise State rolled without any issues. Um, Harson talked about how before the season started, uh, they had a really good uh, QB competition. They weren't sure who the starter was going to be. Bachmeyer barely won it. Right. Um, and with Bachmeyer out, you saw that really there's not a big drop off. Yeah, for uh, sure. That's so, that's the one good thing about college is usually you have depth at at least the most important roles. Like you usually yep. have two quarterbacks, two running backs that are really good. Like, yep. uh, can is it Kentucky that's playing like their wide receiver? Oh, I don't know. I believe it's Kentucky. All four of their starting quarterbacks are injured. Oh uh, yeah, they're so they're starting a wide receiver who was a quarterback in high school and won some award and is, like, doing great. Yeah, and, I mean, that makes sense. Um, It's like, I know in 2014, Utah State had to play a wide receiver at quarterback in their bowl game because all of the quarterbacks got hurt before that. (laughs) Right. But, yeah, so it happens every once in a while. But, yeah, it is nice that generally your – at least your top part is pretty – pretty good like with utah state i i really love love um i think he's great but i do think that columbia the second string right now i don't think he would be a dramatic drop off yeah um he's a different style but i still think he's really good yeah the game like the the few drives i've seen of him he looks good yeah. like i didn't have any major complaints out yep 
exactly. So yeah, so Boise State still looks good. Still the uh, class of the Mountain West. Yeah. Um, so the next game is number five LSU beat number seven Florida forty two to twenty eight. Um, LSU climbed to number two in the AP and number one in the Reddit College Football Poll. Um, and I agree with that. There's really no one in the in college football right now who has a resume that's stronger than LSU. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they there haven't really been any questions. They've looked incredible, and yeah. it's great to watch. Yeah, they they've just looked good all around against good opponents. Yeah, so I'm I'm all for it. I think LSU looks great. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them win a title this year. The way they're playing, if they can stay healthy. Yeah, I can't um, wait for them to play Alabama. Yeah, my favorite was I saw somebody do hashtag burrow for burrow <laughs> instead of tank for Tua. Right. So I like that. Got a burrow for burrow. Yeah, like uh, recent mock drafts I've seen, he's going like top 12, top 10. Yeah, he's climbing fast. So, yeah. um, And I bet he's taking Jordan Love's spot because Jordan yeah. Love is, hasn't looked as great. Right, yeah. But he's still, kinda... he's, he's looked real good. Um, so the next game is... The Red River Red River rivalry, um, which is six Oklahoma and uh, who beat number eleven Texas. It was a close game, thirty four to twenty seven. Um I still think Texas is probably a top fifteen program. Absolutely. Their two losses are to LSU and Oklahoma. They were both close games. They were both competitive games. Um but it does make Oklahoma look real good that you know they were able to beat Texas similar to how LSU did. Yeah, so. yeah it's a it's a it's a win you want on your resume. Yeah, like and as as Texas having two losses, both the teams who I have in my top five, like exactly that's that's fine. Like you weren't, I I didn't see you going for a playoff spot this year. I think mm-hmm. maybe next year. Like they're just really young. Like yeah, so like. To be doing this well this year and only have two loss of top five teams, I think you're in a good place for where mm-hmm. you've been previously. Um, oh, yeah. And then, yeah, Oklahoma looked great. Their defense looked really good. Um, obviously, oh, yeah. their offense is good. Like We we know that. But Yeah, but the big thing is this year they actually have a defense that looks solid, and that's what I think will make the difference. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to just – I think they're probably going undefeated. Um at least until the Big 12 championship game when they'll play Texas again, probably. Right. Um, but even then, I still think they'll they'll be a strong contender for the playoff. I think they look real, real good. Yeah, I think o- uh, Oklahoma looked like the better team to me in that yep. game, too. It wasn't yeah, like it did. was a close game, but they still looked like the better team throughout the game. Yep. Um, so the next one is USC came back and nearly beat number nine Notre Dame twenty-seven to thirty. Um, Notre Dame was beating them pretty good. Yeah. And then USC made a late push. Um, I think the big story is that USC's not terrible. I mean, I think they're still like a borderline top twenty-five team, even with the losses that they have. Um, they're not going to get many votes, but I think they're pretty solid. Yeah, they're just inconsistent, which I think is a problem. Yep. Um, then the next game is number 10, Penn State beat number 17, Iowa. They beat them 17 to 12. It was the it was one of the most big 10 games that you will ever watch. Um, <laughs> just low scoring, grind it out. Um, I mean, Iowa scored 12 points 
I was used to winning games when they can score 12 points. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's similar to what we said about Michigan, Iowa last week. I think it shows that Penn state's good. I think it shows that Iowa's fine, but you know, top 25, not much higher. Um, right. But that's just where they're at. So didn't really answer any questions about Penn state necessarily no, though. Uh, the next game is I was really sad because Wake Forest lost to Louisville, yeah, uh, sixty-two smoked. to fifty-nine. That looks bad for Utah State. Um, well, maybe not bad, but it hurts Utah State. Um, but I do think it kind of is this whole idea of like, well, if you're gonna beat Wake Forest, you have to score sixty-two points, right? I mean, that's that's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, um, it was a fun ending. It was a fun game. But, yeah, it's just a, a big shootout. And then the last game that I want to review real quick is the Air Force beat Fresno State 43-24. Uh, to 24. Um, That was pretty wow. impressive. It's I'm not super high on Fresno State this year. They lost a lot of talent. I still think Hawaii is the best team in the West Division. Okay. Um, I think San Diego State might be right there next to them. I'm not quite sure who I like more. Okay. Um, Makes sense but I think Hawaii has a minor edge and Fresno state's just good this year. Not great. Um, but it really does show that air force is good. Um, and in the next couple of weeks, air force and Utah state play. And I think that's going to show who's the second best team in the mountain and maybe even the second best team in the mountain West. Okay. Um, and so that'll be a really good matchup. That's one to, to look for. Um, I believe that's next week, not this week. Uh, so that'll be that'll be a, an interesting matchup, um, but yeah. And then the games that I want to preview are number seventeen Arizona State at number thirteen Utah. Uh, it's two five and one teams that the winner will probably win the division. Right. Um, Utah's already behind on that one. Um, I think USC is going to lose another game, and so that will get rid of the tiebreaker. Yeah, that that they have, but I do think the winner here, this tiebreaker will be very important. Let alone the fact that they already have losses. So, uh, because right now I don't know if you knew this, but in the Pac-12 South, there are four teams that are two and one in the in the conference, and the other two are one and two. <laughs> no, so I did not UCLA know that. is still one game behind Utah and Arizona state. And oh my God. I think it's Arizona and USC for the lead in the division. Freaking wazoo. I know. So it's pretty crazy. Um, I think that'll be a really good game. It's stupid because it's on the PAC 12 network. So most people across the nation won't be able to watch this matchup. That's one of the best matchups of the week, but it's called the internet, the Mason. Oh, I know, I know. But there's still so many people who that won't legally be able to watch this game. Who won't legally correct. be able to watch it, or will be at a bar, or you know, yeah, whatever they're doing, just won't be able to get it. So it sucks and it's stupid. Uh, the next game is a Pac-12 matchup that everyone will get, um, and I recommend everyone watch, even though it's not going to be the best game. So it is the UCLA versus Stanford. <laughs> Um, so this is kind of going to be the poo poo of the PAC 12, let alone Oregon state. But the reason that I love it so much is because it's the Thursday night ESPN game, uh, 
which means it's Pat McAfee and Adam Amin. Oh, hell yeah. And it's going to be UCLA-Stanford, which is going to be a weird game. So it just opens so many doors. And so yeah. I think that's a, that'll be a good one to watch. Yeah, screw this Thursday night game. Who wants to watch the Chiefs play the Broncos? Yeah, that's not even going to be interesting. Watch UCLA-Stanford. It's a much better game. Absolutely. That's um, what I'll be watching. So then the next game is number 12, Oregon, and number 25, Washington. Okay. Uh, this one's similar to the Arizona State-Utah game. The winner probably wins the North. Right. Uh, I These were the two teams that most people thought were going to win the North. Um, Cal has shown up and, and looked good, and so maybe Cal can still put up a fight. But I really do think it comes down to Oregon and Washington, and this tiebreaker will be very important. Yeah, it'll uh, be very important for Oregon if they want any shot at the playoffs. They have to look oh, yeah. very impressive in this game if they want any shot. Yep, exactly. Um, so it's going to be really important that Oregon uh, win this one, and I think Washington still has hope for at least. I mean, if they win the conference, they go to the Rose Bowl. So yep. there's still big games up for for all these teams. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Oregon will win that one, but I think it'll be a, a good, interesting game. Yeah, it should be good. So then the last game I want to talk about is uh, Michigan at – or number 16 Michigan at number 7 Penn State. I think this is when we can finally get some answers about Penn State. Um, they're number 7 in the country. They have a shot to to really look good, um, a shot to, to showcase what they can do against the Michigan team that's been pretty disappointing this year. And so I really think uh, this is a good shot, and I'm really excited to watch it. So, yeah, should be a good game. Should be interesting. Yeah, that's all I got for this week. You were supposed to tell a story about Neck from LSU. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So Neck is the. So you should you sent me the video. Um, it is for those that that aren't familiar. Neck is a song that the band at LSU will play. Um, and it has since been banned from LSU. <laughs> I can't it's imagine why. It's been years since they've been allowed to play it. Um, but apparently, I believe it was like 2016. Um, it had been like six years since they had last played it. Uh-huh. Um, but Odell Beckham Jr., you know, with his NFL money, came to town and went into the student section and was like, play neck and the band was like we can't we'll be fined um and so then they went and he went to the band and to the band director and was like how much will you be fined here's the money i'll pay you (laughs) fine if you play neck and so they did they played neck and so neck is a song that has been played i believe it was southern university uh, it's been played at a lot of historically black colleges and universities. Um, but LSU has a different take on it because it doesn't actually have words from what I understand. Uh-huh. But LSU, every single time when they play it, they will yell, uh, suck that tiger dick. That's amazing. <laughs> every single time. Um, and it's loud and everybody knows it. 
Um, and it's amazing how like it's died over the years, but it's like back and it's strong. And so, yeah, that's that story about Odell is what I wanted to share about how he came back and paid the fine for the band to play it. I don't know who they were playing. I don't remember the whole thing, but yeah, it was that's, pretty great. That's hilarious. Shout out to OBJ for that. Yep. That's, that's, that's great. So when we were at LSU, we were talking to a few people and we didn't even like bring it up, but they're like, yeah, they used to play a couple songs that, uh, if you had kids with you, you'd have to cover their ears. Mm. Uh, but but they've since told them not to play it, and they, they've normally been pretty good about not playing it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I heard about that neck, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's the one. <laughs> so funny. That's great. And I, I don't believe the band played it this past week, but the student section definitely yelled that this week. Yeah. I think they were they were playing just like their fight song or something. No, that was Neck that, oh, they, that was going. That was it. it oh, it it's was. not like a super peppy song. Yeah, no, it's like okay. a marching band song. Yeah. What was it? LSU playing that then, or was it the opposite team playing it? Do you know? I think it was LSU that played it. Okay. Was this? I don't. At LSU? I don't know what brought it up. Yeah, it was that. at LSU. Okay, that's what I was thinking. I don't know if somebody paid a fine or something. Yeah. I don't know LBJ what happened. Came back. Yeah, we just came back. Yeah. That 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 right there is the definition of f- you money. Like, oh yeah. Oh, you're gonna get fined. Here you go. Play it anyways. Yeah, like for real. Because I mean, how much are they really gonna find the band? Seriously. Like, like what are they gonna do? Yeah, you have to give us a thousand dollars. Like, OBJ's like, I got fined twenty times that last week yeah. for taunting. Yeah, like for real. Like, you know that they're not gonna find the LSU band like a hundred thousand dollars for that. It's right. gonna be small. He's gonna be able to pay it. He could just say, Here's enough money, play it every game after every touchdown, and he would still be able to pay it off just fine. Yeah. It would he would just be like just a little bit of pocket change out every month. Wouldn't be an issue. So that's amazing. Um all right. Um let's just head straight into the NFL we got some really big news today that I am oh so excited about. Oh yeah, didn't didn't the Rams make a make a trade for like a was it a lineman? A lineman? Yeah, yeah, that's what we need to talk about. So the Rams traded for Austin Barrett, I believe is his name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a big time trade. Yeah, I I I I completely Third round pick last year from the Browns. He's listed as a center right now, but he'll probably end up playing guard for the for the Rams. Um, note boom went out with a torn ACL and MCL. Like, Ooh. yeah, like that's that's real bad. That's got to hurt real bad. Um, but the actual real big news of the day is that the the Rams signed Jalen Ramsey. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, so they. Earlier today, they traded away Marcus Peters to the Baltimore Ravens for Kenny Young in a fifth-round pick. Um, Kenny Young is, I believe, a second-year linebacker. He started all 16 games last year, or he played in all 16 games last year. He started three of them. Um, He should be a semi-decent linebacker, and linebacker is one of the spots the Rams were kind of weak at, so... I mean, it was a pretty good trade, but the biggest thing is his his cap hit was like one point seven million, while Peters was oh. f- f- a lot more than that. And it ended up, it ended up 
freeing up five five million dollars in cap space. Um, and so when this happened, Akib Talib just went to IR this week. So everybody oh, yep. is thinking, Keep Talib went to IR, traded away Marcus Peters. There's a good like, chance to make a move. Like, like everybody, at least all the Rams insiders I was talking about were like, they're not done. Just wait. They're going to uh-huh. make another move. And so I, I and a few others were like, oh, of course it's going to be Jalen Ramsey. Like, and I would at this point was like 40 to 50% that they were going to get Jalen Ramsey because I honestly was going to come to the podcast today before this happened and say that they needed to trade or bench Marcus Peters. Um, oh, good. And and so I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna offer we should trade Marcus Peters to the Jaguars with a first round pick and a fourth round pick, something like that, mm-hmm. and pick up Jalen Ramsey. I don't think the Jaguars were interested in Marcus Peters because if they were, I think that's the trade they would have made. Um, so instead, they made this trade and then they they announced that they they got Jalen Ramsey for two first round picks, obviously first round this year, first round next year. And then a fourth round next year. Um, I said a few weeks ago, Jalen Ramsey is easily worth two first round picks. I'm sticking by that. Um, I honestly thought that the Eagles were going to be going after them uh, after mm-hmm. Jalen. Um, but um, yeah, so the Rams will now go five years with no first rounders. But, wow. Uh, so. Uh, Three years ago, we traded to Tennessee to get Jared Goff. Two okay. years ago, we traded to get Brandon Cooks from the New England Patriots, which has easily been worth it. Yeah. Um, and then last year, we traded our first pick round pick to the to Atlanta to trade down for just more picks. Um, but it's interesting to note we have the Jaguars' 2014 first round pick in Blake Bortles. Their 2015 first round pick in Dante Fowler and their 2016 first round pick in Jalen Ramsey. Now, so we have, so we we have three first rounders from the Jags starting, mm-hmm. or I guess Blake Bortles is obviously not starting um, yet. I guess I'm gonna throw that out there for the Rams. I I I honestly don't think Blake Bortles will ever start for the Rams, but you know if if. Uh, Jared Goff keeps it up. Who knows? Why not? Right? Give him a shot. Um, so when this came out, most people were 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 freaking out, were saying how this is great for the Rams. Um mm-hmm. the PFT Pro Football Talk tweeted, unless Jalen Ramsey is going to play running back in LA, I don't see this making a huge difference for them. Um which which I get his point. Like, if this offense, this we still have questions on the offense, but one, Henderson looked good at times against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. The 49ers have a great run defense team. Their, their D-line is amazing. So the fact that he as a rookie looked good against such a great defense gives me hope. Um, he did have a few step backs he did have a, a fumble on a pitch that where he he was just looking downfield and missed the ball and honestly uh was what made this game go out of control um, okay. so he needs to clean it up a little bit but like with malcolm brown and daryl henderson even if todd Gurley didn't come back 
I think we'd be fine. The bigger the bigger hurt we have is the offensive line, and we did trade for one offensive line, but like Andrew Whitworth is getting old. Um, Brian mm-hmm. Allen, our center, has has looked iffy at times. Um, so like this, it, the, the the big question isn't running back for me; it's the offensive line, and I think the talent is there. I think they just need to. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. They, they just need to get better, honestly. <laughs> um, but to say this is going to have no effect is is crazy to me. Um, mm-hmm. He had a, a follow up tweet that that was basically saying that the LA offense was pathetic on Sunday without Todd Gurley, and Sam Monson from PFF was like, "Wait, that first tweet was serious? Oh no! Like seriously, you don't think Jalen Ramsey?" one of, if not the best cornerback in the league going to our defense isn't going to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. What? Like you're crazy, man. Like he is an amazing player to say he's going to have no effect is crazy. Like I'm so excited to have him. Like Marcus Peters is a great player. I don't think he fit our defensive system very well in the past few weeks. He's been freelancing a lot and I, just haven't seen a hustle out of him there's a few tackles on the 49ers where he just like didn't try very well he was super sloppy so like that's that's why i was coming into this week like bench or trade him because he is he is not fitting our system and he doesn't seem like he wants to be here Mm. so um good luck on the ravens like i i love you dude you're a great player i ravens are becoming one of my favorite teams to watch so i'm happy yeah, Happy I've always loved the Ravens. They've always yeah. been one of the teams that I've liked. Yeah, you've always liked every team, so that doesn't I count. I mean, when I was in sixth grade, I had a Ray Lewis jersey. So I also had a Mike Vick jersey. But uh, that's that's did you did you get a Michael Vick jersey that said anything like dog pound or, or something like that? No, I, I had to hang it up after um I'm guessing after, this was uh, an was this an thing. Eagles Vic jersey? No, it was a Falcons Vic jersey. Okay, okay. No, um, and then uh, afterwards, I kind of had to hang it up, and I think I actually donated it to a dog shelter. I'm not positive. <laughs> I think I told my mom that's what I wanted to do when she was like getting rid of it. I was like, we should donate this to a dog shelter, and she I probably think she garbage. just took it and then did whatever with it. So, right. um, but Marcus Peters got smoked against Jimmy Garoppolo this past week. He's gotten smoked a few times this year. Mm-hmm. the Ravens play San Francisco week 13. So Marcus Peters in the new system where I think he'll fit a little bit better, might have a revenge game against Jimmy Garoppolo. We, the Rams also face the Ravens in week 10 or week 11. So mm-hmm. I'm calling it right now. He's going to have at least one pick against Jared Goff, like guaranteed. He's going to have at least one pick against Jared Goff. Um, so good luck, dude. Like, I think this is really good for the Ravens. Um, it'll be interesting to see when, if they, or if they offer him like a deal because this is his last year on the contract, like, which is why we didn't really get much for him. Like we weren't going to sign him at the end of the year anyways. So like a fifth rounder and a a linebacker that should be good is, is just as much as we were going to get for him. So, um, but that's enough about the Rams. Um, Jameis Winston against the Panthers had five interceptions and a fumble, 
Well, actually, sorry, he had two fumbles. He lost one fumble. Uh, I said a few weeks ago I wasn't quite out on Winston. I said I was out on Mariota. They finally benched Mariota for Tannehill, by the way. Um, oh, yeah? I'm out on Winston. I, I'm done with Winston. Like Really? I, I, I like... I'm I'm done with him. He's he's garbage. <laughs> um then the Browns at the Seahawks. The Browns went up twenty to six at the start of the second quarter and end up losing thirty two to twenty eight. Baker Mayfield had three picks in this game, including one on their last drive with two minutes forty six seconds left where he could have, you know, shut the haters up, drove down the field and scored a touchdown. And he didn't. Um, he's had real accuracy issues. I think he's down to like 53% completion percentage, 54% completion percentage, down from like 64 last year. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not great for him. Um, rumors are they're going to pick up Trent Williams from the Redskins. I called him Trent Brown last year, last <laughs> week. Um, but uh, Trent Williams, um, which we'll see what they have to give up to get Trent Williams, but I think that would be a big pickup for them. Their offensive line has struggled a lot. And so some protection on their left tackle on his blind side would be, would be greatly appreciated. I'm sure. Mm. But they, um, um, and then, so, so 10 years ago, the NFL averaged 11.8 penalties for 97.3 yards a game. Five years ago, the average was 13.2 penalties for 111 yards. This season, NFL games average 14.9 penalties for 124 yards per game. Um, wow. And I don't know if you watched the Texans-Chiefs um, game. It felt like every other play had a flag. Like... Texans Chiefs? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Texans sorry. I Chiefs. thought you said Titans. No, trying yeah, to right. trying to catch right. me in a misspeak. I was again, trying to catch you on finally. a on a misspeak, but it was me um, who who misheard. But yeah. No, I did watch the end of that one. And, and I, to me, I like I don't like that seems like on one side they're catching things more. Um and the big mm. thing was at the be- the beginning of the season, they were calling holds left and right. Like it seemed like they were really emphasizing on holds. But you can halt call offensive holding on every single play of the game. Like, yeah. so they have toned it down a little bit, but they're still throwing, I think, a little bit too many flags. Um, but they're also like not getting it right. So we had th- three games this week that had pretty bad calls. We'll start with the Thursday night game with Patriots Giants. Um, Tate, Golden Tate starting his second game for the Giants against the Patriots had what should have been a great catch, but uh, Johnson, the cornerback for the Patriots, literally like held one of his arms down as he was going down and like held him down. Was reviewed and once again a clear pass interference was uh, upheld. Um, wasted another coach's timeout like. Yep. At this point, you just got to stop trying. Just yeah. leave it. Like, if it's not NFC Championship bad, and even that point, I, 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 don't, I don't know at this point. It seems like they're just not going to overturn anything. Um, uh, um, so, yeah, I'd say that one's getting really bad. Um, 
The bad game, though, is Packers-Lions. Um, so towards the end of the game, um, it was third and ten. Trey Flowers for the Lions came up with a huge sack against the Packers. It was called that he did ha he was called with illegal hands of the face. Um he didn't touch the face, he didn't touch the neck, it wasn't even close. Like he clearly it was like the 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 Humphreys with Odell Beckham where it kinda looked like he was choking him, but really he just had his arm around his his shoulder like on his uh, jersey, like around the shoulder area. Like but Bakhtiari, the guy who he apparently had the illegal hands of the face on, like threw his helmet back. And so the ref saw that and thought, oh, he must have hit him in the face. Well, no, mm-hmm. it wasn't. No, he, so, just, he just threw his head back, yeah. So instead of them having to punt, um, Aaron Rodgers ended up throwing a touchdown, I think the very next play, um, which um, brought the Packers within two. The next drive, the Lions were driving down the field. Um, there was a very clear defensive pass interference missed where like the guy's hands was like across his chest, holding his arms down, clearly interfering him wasn't called. Um, they ended up having to punt. Um, and then once again, I th- it was like third and nine, third and 10, another illegal hands of the face on flowers was called after a stop. It would have forced what would have been a short field goal. And they would have likely made it forcing the game to be 23, 22. But then the Lions would have had 90 seconds to drive down the field for a for a field goal. Um, instead, um, the Packers were able to run out the clock, click it, kick a chip shot field goal, win the game 23-22, and that was the game. So, like, three really bad calls. I think there was actually a fourth one people were f***ing about, but... I just <laughs> decided to leave it to three because those ones were yeah, clear and obvious. Those the major and ones. Bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Chiefs Texans. This one was the weirdest one. Um, so while running a route, Travis Kelsey was literally tackled. Um, should it, it should have been called holding or illegal contact. It was clearly before the ball was out. Mm-hmm. They called it defensive pass interference, saying that it happened after the ball was out. They picked up the flag because the ball wasn't thrown to or near Kelsey. Wait, since when was that a rule? So so if, if, if you weren't... It's not defensive pass interference unless the ball is like going to that player. Like unless that, I guess it has to be catch. Yeah, like it wasn't catchable. catchable. Right. Yeah. But it should have clearly been holding. Like it definitely happened before before the ball was thrown. On this play, Mahomes threw the first pick of the the year because he thought he had a free play. He took a yeah. shot to the end zone because he was like, "Oh, I have a free play here. I'm just gonna take a shot." Yeah. Nope. You get picked off. He got picked off, and because they picked up the flag for defensive pass interference, it stood. And that's uh, so stupid. And then the 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 Texans were able to drive down the field and bring it within one. Texans were eventually able to win this game by seven. Um, So this week, there's been a big push for a sky judge which was basically what I was pushing at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Where like you need to, 
at least one, I, I suggest two people, but at least one person mm-hmm. looking over, even if it's just looking at every penalty called to mm-hmm. say, no, you guys got that one clearly. It's clearly a hold on this one that should, that should be a hold. Um, or no, he didn't touch his face at all. That clearly isn't a legal hand to the face. Um, but like they, they've, they've got to do something because games are being ruined because of these penalties that they're, they're messing up. Mm-hmm. Um, like who knows if the, all those lions calls are right. The lions probably win, but like, you can't say for sure they win because the game's different if that doesn't happen. But like mm-hmm. they're set up, they're going to win that game a lot more often if those, those calls are called right. And yeah. they 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 specifically lost the game because of that last illegal hands of the face. Like, oh yeah, that was bad. Yeah, because of that, they were able to run out the clock and like game mm-hmm. was over at that point unless Crosby missed a field and then goal. make the field goal. Yeah, which I mean isn't a guarantee this year, but um, like some they they've got to do something. Mm-hmm. Whether it's they they have somebody look at all the penalties. Or at least if you're going to have pass interference reviewable, have all penalties reviewable, I don't think that's the correct option. I'm more for a sky judge or at least in the like the last two minutes of the game, they like they should be able to look at these. Um, mm-hmm. But they got to do something because games are being ruined and it's just not fun to watch. Yeah. But wouldn't that last penalty... Wasn't that at like the two twelve mark or something like that, or was it just inside of it? That one or was, was it like the that last mark? one was just inside the two minutes. Okay, like it wouldn't have fixed the other two. Like they they still probably would have gotten the they still would have been down with ninety seconds left. Yeah, most likely. Um, but like at least the last two minutes, or anything that's an automatic first down, you can challenge or something because like. I, I just games are being ruined and it's just you're gonna lose fans if you don't clean this up real quick. Like it seems mm-hmm. like there's a controversy every week. Um so hopefully they figure that somehow. Um and more uplifting news, the Dolphins <laughs> won what I'm calling the suck off this week. Um <laughs> they Isn't that something? Uh, uh yeah. Josh Rosen was benched this week. Fitzmagic worked his magic to get the game back within one. It was 16 to 17 and they called the worst, worst two point conversion play to go for the win. I'm doing air quotations because I'm pretty sure that play was called so that they lost and solidified their spot as the number one worst team in the league to try and get to a, like it was just a terrible play call and like it was just a terrible game all over. Like, but congratulations to the Dolphins; they didn't lose the first round pick this game. <laughs> um, the Jets beat the the Cowboys. It, like I said last week, this Jets team is clearly a lot better with Darnold. I think it mm-hmm. should be pointed out they apparently were like keeping the the offense very vanilla when Darnold was out there. They were trying to hide their playbook, which. Like why? All right, whatever. You're not going to the playoffs, like, 
why hide the playbook? I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Whatever. Darnold looked good in this game. Dak kept it close. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, the Cowboys are now two losses in a row to one to a good team, one to a not very good team, a one-win a one win team, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just to preview, the only the only game that, like, is going to be super high impact this week is going to be the Eagles-Cowboys play Sunday night. Um, they're both, both teams are 3-3 three and three at the top of the division, so whoever wins this game takes the lead in the division. Okay. Um, and it doesn't look like either of these teams, unless they, they turn it around, are going to be fighting for a wild card spot. So, like, whoever wins the division is going to take the playoff spot, and the other one's just not going to be in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. There's just too many good teams in the NFC North, the NFC West. Um, the NFC South, honestly, has a few good teams. That, like, both the Saints and the Packers could be fighting for, like, so, like, it's really important for the Eagles to win this game so that I can say that the Cowboys missed the playoffs. Um, um, and then just starting there, my top 10, I had the, both the Rams and the Eagles dropped out of my top 10 this week. Okay. Um, both teams are, I, I mean, I have them at 11 and 12. I don't, I'm not sure which the order of the two is honestly at this point. Both teams are three and three. Both teams have either a great defense. Well, their defense, the Rams, just their their defense is great now. I think with Jalen Ramsey, like their their secondary has been scorched the past few weeks. Um, so I think Jalen Ramsey really helps there. But like their offensive line is really slacking, and so their run game hasn't been great. Their pass blocking hasn't been great. So Jared Goff only had seventy eight yards this week. You're not going to win games with 78 yards. He had one first down passing, and I, from what I understand, had zero passes that went for more than 10 yards. Yeah. Like, that's just an ugly week. Like, yes, the San Francisco defense is really good. Like, their secondary is a lot better than I gave them credit for preseason, and their defensive line is honestly top two, top three in the nation. So, like, getting held to seven points against them wasn't the worst thing in the world if if it was because their defense was great. But our offense just, I don't know. Our offense is just bad. bad. Yeah. Um, I was bummed about Goff doing that poorly because uh, there's a guy in my fantasy league that I that I like to see him win. And he was like, yeah. I uh, he traded for Goff and oh. he's like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I feel pretty good about Goff and he didn't trade for much. Like I think he traded. Here I'll pull it up real quick. Which, it, it was I a mean the last trade. few weeks he's thrown like 57 and 62 times or something like no 68 times like one away from yeah. the perfect amount was that's what how I, the only way I remember that. But he threw for a bunch and then they, this week he, he just wasn't great. Yeah, so he traded. Uh, Christian Kirk for oh, Goff. Okay. That's, that seems like a good trade. Yeah. Like, and then he just traded Goff for Robbie Anderson. Oof. So he had Goff for like two days. That's he, an overreaction. Yeah, it was Saturday. It was Sunday morning. And then, it happened. oh, shoot, I just saw this. And then I didn't catch this part. 
And then Sunday morning, the guy who got Christian Kirk traded for Robbie Anderson. So at the end of this all, it was a three-team rotation. No, it was the same two teams. So no, in the end so of it all, they ended up with the same players. He basically just ended up trading Robbie Anderson for Christian Kirk? Uh, no, because he got Robbie Anderson. Yeah, he did Christian Kirk for Robbie Anderson is okay. what ended up happening. I mean, that's not a terrible trade. I think Robbie Anderson with Darnold back is is going to get some more value. Um Oh, who's the other wide? The other, the number one wide receiver, at Jets. Yep. If if he's open in your league, I'd pick him up. He's gonna ha- he's gonna do great. I think people okay. dropped him when when Darnold was was out. Um. Anyways, Eagles. Their offense looks great. Their defensive line is is suspect a little bit. And I should be said their their offensive line is great, but there is some injuries. Um. And then their secondary is just suspect as hell. There's a like. There's a reason I was expecting Jalen Ramsey to go to the Eagles because it's like their one clear weakness. Like mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins was able to scorch this defense. Like mm-hmm. my brother says he doesn't know if, if there's any other team that's going to get beat over the top worse than the Eagles. And <laughs> I can name a few, but uh, they're, they're, they're up there. Um Yeah. But starting the top ten, top ten, I have the Vikings. Um, I could potentially put them higher, but like, I it just depends each week which Kirk Cousins I get. Like, it's one week Kirk Cousins is amazing, like this week, and they're probably a top five team with that defense. And then the next week he's gonna be a mediocre middle of the pack quarterback, and they're mm-hmm. probably thirteenth or fourteenth in the league. So like, yeah. I feel comfortable putting them at ten. They've they they've won four games. Like I think they deserve to be in the top ten, but I'm I'm skeptical putting them any higher. Um okay. number, number nine, the Panthers broke into the top ten this week. Um Kyle Allen has looked good. Like I honestly think they bench Cam Newton when he comes back. Like I, I think so too. Yeah. So like Christian McCaffrey is just amazing to watch. I just I'll say it every week. I love watching this guy play, so I'm so happy to see him doing well. Number and the their defense. Their defense was great. They had six takeaways from um, Winston alone, and I think they had another fumble as well. I think they had seven turnovers, which is tied for an NFL record, I believe, or maybe it's just a franchise record. Um, Number eight, I have the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs have a lot of injuries and. I don't know if like Mahomes has something to going on with his left ankle. Like he, he like twisted it like two weeks ago. And then this past week against the Texans, he like landed on it weird. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he's just not putting pressure on it. And like, so I'm just trying to figure out how serious that is. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, that's a big deal. If he can't, if he isn't as mobile and he can't put as much pressure on his plant leg. Um, Tyreek Hill was great this week. I'm sure they're very happy to have him back. Mm-hmm. Um, their defensive line cannot stop the run at all. Duke Johnson and their other running back were able to put up 200 running yards on this team. And their secondary isn't much better than it was last week. Or last mm-hmm. year, I mean. Like, the Honey Badger is a great and welcome 
addition to that team. But I don't know. Like their their defense isn't looking much better than last year. And when their offense is struggling, they're not where I want to put them at the number one team. Um, mm-hmm. So this week they're they're number eight. Okay. The permanent number seven team is the Buffalo Bills. Wow. <laughs> Every week. Mate, I I like potentially could have moved them down this week and put the Chiefs at seven, but it's like I don't want to move them back. They just, just looked really good on defense and mm-hmm. their offense just seems to get like a little bit better every week. So yeah, I, I still put this team as a wild card team. They're they're the number three That's team good. in the AFC right now, according to this list, um, which is just that's pretty sweet. Good for them. That's amazing. Get some get some flaming tables to jump on or whatever it is they do. Yeah, whatever you guys do down or up there in freezing cold. Um, yeah. Number six, I have the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson looks top three quarterback in the league if not quarterback number one he's Mm -hmm. just a true dual threat running the ball and throwing the ball um he's just looked amazing he makes tyler lockett who is nothing special look amazing Mm -hmm. he looks a he makes a blocking tight end in disley look like a top tight end in the league Mm -hmm. like they haven't been they haven't been scorching teams with the run, but they've been successful with the run, um, and their their defense looks great. So, number six, I have the Seahawks. Number five, number five, I have the Texans. Um, they looked great against the Chiefs. Yeah, Deshaun, they looked real good. Deshaun Watson once again wasn't sacked. Now I'm mm-hmm. not sure how much of that is that Texans offensive line getting better, or how much of it is just the Chiefs not being able to pressure because their defensive line hasn't been great. Um, Laramie Tunsil has been has proven to be worth the first round picks he was given. Um, their their defense that has looked pretty good. Um, so yeah, number five I have the Texans. Number four I have the Packers. Um, okay. Probably should have lost this week, um, but they didn't. Um, their defense has looked good. Um, there was a few times where the, the, the Lions should have scored a touchdown and they were held to a field goal. So, um, yeah, Packers' defense has looked great. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Geronimo Allison is gone and or injured. And, I mean, he's had a few big drops. So, like, not a huge loss, honestly. Like, I expected him to have a great season this year, but he just hasn't. Um, so he's st- And Devontae Adams is, it has been out with – I think it's turf toe. Um, they should yeah, get I him. Think that's right. That sounds right. It's something with his toe. I believe it's turf toe. Mm-hmm. Um, he should be back this next week. Um, so him and MVS should should uh, lead that team. Um, number four, I have the Packers. Number three, I have the Saints. Um, they there's an argument for putting them at number two. Um, I just. I, I, their their offense just isn't super convinced, like high powered to me, which I guess is the same with the number two team. Um, but their defense has looked great. Teddy Bridgewater again, I'll say it again, has looked good enough. Has been very serviceable. He looks like Drew Brees light. Um, like 
has they've been great um it's not too long now until they get drew Brees back so the fact that they're staying up here they're they're gonna be contenders at the end of the year like clearly like there was two ways this the season could have gone for them um after the end last year they could either just been torn up after the end of the past two years the way the season's ended or they could be how they are now and it just it feels like they're getting fueled by the, the end of the season the past two years and they've just been on fire so number three saints number two i have the 49ers um i agree with that clearly one of the best defenses in the league um jimmy garoppolo hasn't looked like amazing mm-hmm. but he, again just like teddy bridgewater he's looked good enough like he's had some really good throws um he's not turning over the ball um but really important for this offense is their running game like Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, uh, I'm forgetting the third guy. Like none of these are big names, mm-hmm. but they've been doing great. They've been running all over every team. Like the Rams just couldn't stop them, and they have a great defensive line. Um, so honestly, at this point, it looks like the 49ers are just going to steamroll their way to division win, which good for them. Like yeah, they're looking the part. Um. Do I do I really like? Do I need you to talk about to the number one team? Yeah, you have to name who the number one team is. All right, the number one team this week is the is the Washington Redskins. No. Knew it, I knew it. And for for they being had a great week. The biggest team in the league, barely <laughs> probably shouldn't have should it, but Patriots defense has looked great. Their offense has looked good enough. Like no, 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 it's the Redskins. The number one team in the league is the Washington Redskins. I, I, I just, I just can't, I can't, I can't damage my brand by having anywhere out there that says that the number. I believe that the number one team is the Redskins. Um, I don't care enough about my brand. The number one team in the league is the Redskins. You're right. I have zero credibility. <laughs> like I had the the Eagles at number four last week. I had the Cowboys at number three at one point. Like my rankings just don't matter. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> So might as well have the Redskins. Seriously though, like my 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 rankings usually get way more accurate around week eight or nine once teams have been able to play like a few good teams, a few the home games, games. Yeah, yeah, divisional games. You get to see like where they're really good at, where they're weak at. Like the trade window, the trade deadline's coming up in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, and then like we'll be able to really tell and really lock in. Like, obviously, each week they're going to change, but not by much. It should be said, though, like, um, in college football, you talk about how you have those seven or eight teams that are, like, the de facto top teams. Mm-hmm. Like, the Patriots have been number one every year week, but, like, mm-hmm. they're not that far ahead. And, like, behind them, there's so much parity in this league. Like, yeah. honestly, any of the top 14 or 15 teams could do well in the playoffs. And I like the top, any of these like top five, top, t- even some of these top 10 teams, like obviously the Chiefs could win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see the Vikings or the Panthers winning a Super Bowl. Like, I honestly could, like, it depends on, you know, 
the Eagles could, the, the, the Rams, if they can get their offense going, if their offensive line can get together, they obviously can win Super Bowl. So, like, that's just what I love about the NFL. There's so much mm-hmm. parity in this league. Like, every and week. that like, is it, what I don't like about the NFL. You don't like that in any game, like, anybody can win, basically. Like, if it's well, not. So, the, what it is, is it's the idea that upsets don't really, like, no one cares. Like if the say this next week or whoever I don't I mean, even know people the, cared the when the Jets beat well. the Cowboys this week, but I mean, but like, granted, if that's the Cowboys. Jets beat the Patriots, how long is that a story? How big of a story is that? That's a pretty big story for a week. For a week, right? Exactly. So it's a big story. It's a thing, but like if like no one cares about it a week later. And it's not like something that people look back on with like this great memory. For example, the App State Michigan game in 2007. That's that's just pure chaos. I mean, that's an extreme, but these crazy upsets that college football teams have to hang their hat on, these crazy games that are just like supreme underdog that came out to win it is so much more fun than the idea of, well, Sure, the Jets beat the Patriots or the the Dolphins beat the Patriots, but at the end of it all, yeah, who cares? It doesn't I, matter. I would rather have basically every game every week be competitive than like the the, the opportunity for a major upset. Like I don't want to watch Alabama play Citadel. Like I just don't. So here's my only thing. I think that those games should be required for week one or two because conference games are generally pretty close. But it's those like randomly happening where the whole like college football universe is all like, oh my gosh, South Carolina is beating Georgia. Let's all watch is is awesome. That's my thing. And then like conference play is similar to the NFL where there's parity. There's like most of the leagues have, have some balance though. I mean, yeah, most of them do. I mean, in conference play. Like, you take out the top two teams of every conference, sure, there's parity. No. I mean, look at the SEC. Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Auburn. If I I take any one of those teams, be any of the other ones, you wouldn't be that surprised. You're right. Sorry. So the SEC is... Take out the top four teams of the SEC, though. Like there's parity between those teams, but there's zero parity between LSU and South Carolina or Vanderbilt or well, Arkansas I mean, or any of those garbage South Carolina teams. just beat Georgia. So and it was I mean, a major a upset. Exactly. Not, it wasn't parity. It, South Carolina is not a better team than Georgia. They were just yeah, better that one game. It's the same game. idea of like, the Jets or aren't a better team than the Patriots, but it can happen. Right. But like, I don't know. Like we could argue about this forever. Like, yeah, we clearly there's a reason we're in where we are. Like, but I I would rather I I'm much more fan of competitive games than like there's one or two competitive games every week and the rest are just like garbage. At least at the top teams. Like obviously when Mountain West teams play like. Mountain West teams, there's there's pretty yeah. good parity. When it's conference there. play, they're competitive. When non conferences, when they're not competitive, 
Are you going to tell me that when Alabama plays Arkansas, there's it's competitive? Could be. No, like <laughs> one out of ten meetings between be. Alabama and Arkansas might be competitive. Yeah, I don't expect it to be, but it could be. Whereas, like here, I'm just going to go through the schedule for next week really quick. This is probably going on a little bit too long, but if you don't like it, you can turn it off. Um, let's see. Week seven, Chiefs-Broncos. The line is three points, and Broncos is one of the bottom teams. Like, this should be a, a, a decent game. Like, the Chiefs should win. Rams-Falcons, three-point game. Rams should win, but it'll be close. It'll be competitive. We're not counting the Dolphins. Jaguars, Bengals, Jaguars should, Vikings, Lions, this should be an amazing game. Raiders, Packers, the Raiders have looked pretty good. This should be pretty competitive. Texans, Colts is even, that should be competitive. Cardinals, Giants should be competitive. Chargers, Titans should be competitive. Saints, Bears should be competitive. Ravens, Seahawks should be competitive. Eagles, Cowboys should be competitive. And then you got Patriots, Jets, and so, uh, 49ers, Redskins that I skipped. So what are some of the biggest lines? Let's see. 3.5. So obviously New England by 10, San Francisco by 10. But uh, then that Green Bay has a six-point spread against the, the Raiders. Jaguars is four. <laughs> I mean, the Bills have a 17 over the Dolphins. And then the rest are three or less. Okay, so just picking a league, I'm grabbing the Big Ten to look and see what the lines are. So, I mean, you have Michigan, Penn State, which is nine. And Uh, that should be the closest game this week. Well, of the top teams. Sure. Indiana, Maryland is five and a half. Minnesota okay. Rutgers does not have a line posted, which uh, is my, kind of mine mean. has twenty eight point five. Oh, yours does. Okay, yeah. I just have Wisconsin, ESPN, Illinois, so thirty one. Iowa, Purdue, eighteen. Yep, eighteen. And then Ohio State, Northwestern, twenty eight. Yeah, like who wants to watch a game where the line is plus thirty one? Unless you're going to take it the, the Pat McAfee way and and just and give the team thirty one points at the beginning of the game and then play it like that. Like that. So might if you look at the Big Twelve, Big Twelve, three and a half, three and a half, seven, and then you have Oklahoma and Texas, and they're playing Kansas and West Virginia. So those are going to be blowouts against anybody. So there are competitive games, but it makes it so that the upsets are more fun. Yeah, but you go to SAC. Just even the idea of like if 20, Brown, 20, 21, 25, 35. Yeah, the upsets are more fun, and there are enough games that there are competitive close games. It's not hard to find a close game, and it's not hard to find an upset, and that's what's fun. That's true. If there was 100 NFL games a week, there would be a lot more upsets. Yeah. There's there's, there's there's 64, well, we'll call it 65 college football games a week between FBS teams. Which, and there's you're gonna get some crazy games. That's the other that, thing to and me. That's what's great about it. I don't want to pay attention to 64 games, and granted, you don't need to pay attention. To oh, you don't pay games, attention to all 64. But there's still like 20 games I need to pay good. attention to. Yeah, 
Like you pay attention to the ones that are good. I, you check scores for the rest. There's 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 too many games to to pay attention. There's too many teams to pay attention to. Like I, I don't know. I just think that's what makes it great. There's too much. It's just a saturation of greatness. And there's just garbage. So well, yeah, there's just so much garbage. Don't watch the garbage. You just don't pay attention. If you see that Bamman's beating somebody by 50, you say, cool, and then you go to the next game. Because there's so many games on, there's always something good. And you never know where to expect it. And you end up watching a game that's ECU versus Memphis, and you have a a rooting interest for some random reason. And it's great. Like obviously, I enjoy college football, so I can't like talk it too much because, like, I at the end of the day, I love watching college football. It's just if if you told me, okay, Alex, you can either only watch NFL games for the rest of your life or college football games for the rest of your life, I would pick NFL without a split second. Like, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't even have to think about it. Put me in Fansville the alternate universe where college football is the only thing that exists and it's only state versus tech and I'm all for it. <laughs> state sucks. State sucks. Tech. Um, tech just plays to, a cupcake. Yeah. So just to get off on a really weird tangent, um, the the shutdown full cast went through and they've been defining the lore and canon of Fansville uh-huh. and it's incredible. I might have um, to. I might have to listen to that because yeah. So, honestly, those commercials started out really dumb. They have become some of my favorite commercials to watch oh, yeah. during during football. Like, oh, they're great! They, like one of the things so that they ludicrous, it's funny. Was that state fans don't believe in the moon landing, but <laughs> tech fans do? Okay. And then they decided this next week they're going to figure out if 9-11 happened in the fans world, Fansville universe. Interesting. Probably should start wrapping it up. Uh, it's yep. been a pretty long one. Um, I'm so excited to have Jalen Ramsey. I, I, I really hope he fits our system better than Marcus Peters does because he's amazing. And uh, having Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on the same defense, it's just going to be amazing. It'll be good. Um, but that's it for us this week. So follow us at, at OC Bystanders. We like to think we're funny. Like, we know we're not. Yeah. But just humor us. Yeah, just 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 give us pity laughs. We yeah. we don't mind pity laughs and pity likes, okay? And pity pity retweets is what we really want. Give us them yeah. pity retweets. Um and, and pity votes in our polls and yes, things like that. Yes. Yeah. Please vote for the poo poo team of the week. I will try and make a great um, I, I some graphic kind of graphic image for Vanderbilt this week. Yep. Um, and and if it and and if you guys give us enough likes, I'll do it every week. Um, yep. Even if you yeah. don't do it every like, give us enough likes and I like it. I'm gonna do it every week, but give me likes. I yep. like validation. So. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, see you next week. Peace.